Okay, so you've got that rich uncle that's just ready to write you a check for $20,000, no fees, no interest, doesn't even worry about getting it back, sitting right in front of you, right now, ready to go. Says, I don't care about your business idea, I don't care about a business plan, here's a, here's a check. You know, in fact, I'm not even going to put an amount on it, I'm just going to make it a blank check. You've got that, right? Oh, oh no, no you don't. Oh no. So how are you going to get this business off the ground? How are we going to get this startup kicking off? How are we going to buy that franchise? How about this? How about we focus on you being your own investor and building a profitable business? That's what we're going to cover today in the Ambition Show. Let's get it. All right, everybody, let's get into it. I am your host, Aaron Muhammad, and this is The Ambition Show. Thank you for joining us today. And let's get right down to it, because honestly, in the minute rice world that we live in, it's not even the minute rice world, right? It's more like the, the TikTok 15 to 30 seconds at the most world. And frankly, what's going on and what we see a lot in the world when it comes to startups, entrepreneurs, always looking for an investor. Always looking for an investor. You know, the word unicorn has been thrown around so much over the past, you know, three to four years. I don't even know how it's even possible to have a unicorn anymore because there's so many unicorns. It kind of defeats the special and unique nature of a unicorn. So at this point, at this point, we have people who've seen things like Shark Tank. They've, you know, gotten it. At this point, you know, we're in the world where there's Shark Tank and, you know, we've heard about Amazon having investors, Facebook having investors, you know, the growth of IPOs all over the place from everything from Snapchat to potentially, you know, some of the biggest platforms in the, in the future, you know, that, that could potentially go for IPOs like TikTok. But here's the thing about it. What constantly gets missed, especially in the world of startups, right? is sadly is the understanding of just having a profitable healthy stream of revenue okay and not to say startups aren't focused on this although we don't hear enough about the startups that are focused on this because so many startups are sadly because of the popularity of platforms such as once again amazon and facebook a lot of people who enter the world of being an entrepreneur starting a business from scratch, you know, investing in businesses. They don't think about, okay, a business pipeline. They don't think about a sales funnel necessarily. They don't think about a healthy stream of revenue. They think about making money. They don't think about putting those pieces in place to ensure that the money gets made, right? And most importantly, they don't think about the fact that they are their initial and most important investor from the very beginning so that's what we're going to go over today is how you can really be your own investor to get to the point to yeah okay if you want to if you want to you know maybe even potentially get in front of shark tank you know or be in a position where you are in a shark tank environment potentially pitch your business to a venture capitalist angel investors private investors the crazy part is, is that I've heard so many, and I can't tell you how many times over the past 10 years, I have heard 
an entrepreneur or a small business owner say, I need an investor, I need an investor, I need sponsors, I need an investor, I need an investor, I need a sponsor, I need advertisers, things like that. And advertisers is one thing, is one form, is another form of, you know, is a revenue stream and an investment at the same time, right? It's actually a really interesting component. But a traditional form of investing, right? Straight, just an infusion of cash, an infusion of capital. It's amazing how people jump to the angel investors, to the venture capitalist, to a private investor, and they go they go leaps and bounds over the original, well, just about a business loan because they think, oh, well, a business loan is hard to get, but a private investor is not. When actually, the funny thing about it is there's more, there are more banks in the world, not the US, in the world, right? Many venture capitalists are getting their money in some cases, and I shouldn't say many, but there are some cases where venture capitalists are working with specific banks and the banks are looking at the portfolios from the venture capitalists, which your business will be on. Your business will be listed, right? Commercial banks, investment banks, private investment, private investment banks. And a lot of times they're looking at the same thing that even the venture capitalists are looking at. Now, of course, the venture capitalists are looking at it from a long term growth standpoint and banks want their money back a lot faster and a lot shorter of a time. But why are we constantly bypassing right those resources that are right here in our neighborhoods, like a credit union, like a bank, things like that? Because the entrepreneur typically hate to say it. We typically we make things a lot harder for ourselves and they have to be. So how about first we establish you as your own investor? Right. Build up that foundation and infrastructure to make it a solid and an awesome investment for anybody. Angel investor, venture capitalist, bank, credit union. And your uncle with the $20,000 check hanging out of his pocket. Just waiting. Just wait. Let's get to it. Let's talk about how we're going to do that. Get that $20,000 <laughs> from your uncle. If, if it's not your uncle, you know, we'll find it some other way. But let's focus on making you your own investor, making you the investor of your business and fortifying your business first, investing in your dreams to get them off on the right, you know, on the right foot, and then make it a very attractive investment for others. Let's get it. So you got to start somewhere and that's the biggest key. So let's get right into starting with where you are. Don't wait for the millions. Don't wait for the the connection to the best or the top investor or venture capital company, because if you're waiting around for that, if you're waiting around, you know, to get that opportunity, that's typically what's going to actually be the failure in your business from general, you know, in general is the fact that you're waiting for the influx of money, the investment, as opposed to learning how to manage your money and invest in yourself. And that is actually where a lot of, not only business people, but people in general, whether they run a business, they're an employee, it doesn't matter. The best money habits or money management habits typically are coming from people who are learning. Not only they were taught that from an early age or they were taught that in school, whatever it may be, you know, they could have gotten an education from anywhere, but they learned how to manage the funds that they have. So whether they have $500 to work with or they have $5 million to work with is irrelevant, right? The amount is irrelevant. It's what you do with the amount that's that you should really focus on, right? You don't need millions of, or you don't even need hundreds of thousands of dollars 
in most cases, in most cases, to start almost any type of business, right? The key is knowing what you truly need to get in, basically as an entry into that field, into that area, into that industry, right? And then building on that. And sometimes all it could be is a small, this is why we hear about some of the largest empires, business empires starting with, oh, it was just a $5,000 investment. It was a $500 investment. It was a $2,000 investment. It was, you know, maybe, maybe it was a couple of hundred thousand dollars, but into a billion dollar industry. Right. Because if, if I'm going into an industry like if I'm going into a world like professional sports, OK, we're talking about many, many franchises before they became the most expensive or the most valuable franchises. Even at their time, they were purchased for a very low amount of money. Right. Or very little is what they were built into. And this is the mindset when we come talk about being your own investor. It's not just a money standpoint. It's not just a money factor. Being your own investor, meaning being your own investor and learning how to invest and build the infrastructure and the foundation with wherever you start from. So you don't have to have millions of dollars in the bank. You don't have to have hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank. You have to say, this is what I have to start with. Where can I get in? Where can I kick it off? Right? The fact is many startups rely way too heavily on securing funding from a venture capitalist, from an angel investor, from a Kickstarter account, right? But if we see that, for example, using Kickstarter, I have experience using Kickstarter, working for clients, helping them with their Kickstarter accounts, or I'm sorry, with their Indiegogo Kickstarter campaigns. And, you know, we've had some success and we've had, you know, where some, some campaigns didn't go as well because it all goes based on, well, I want to fund my whole business or do you want to fund a specific project to kick you off, right? If you really need $100,000, no one's ever heard of you. You're just coming out the gate. Maybe you don't start off with $100,000. Maybe you don't even start off with $25,000. Maybe you say, we need $10,000 to get to this point. We need $5,000 to get to this point. You see how that first campaign goes. And those are actually the successful campaigns that we've ran when somebody comes to us and they say, hey, you know, we, we need a social media ad account or sort of social media ad campaign. We need a landing page created for this. Those are the campaigns that typically went well because the the person looking for the backing, right? Or the small business that was looking for backing, you know what they did? They said, listen, we need to really build on something. We know no one knows us out there. We're not gonna go directly from a zero to a million dollars, right? There was an invention. I'll give you a parallel between two different campaigns. There was this invention these guys came up with. It was a fantastic invention. Actually, it was very helpful for a lot of people, especially during the pandemic, right? It was, this, was, this was before the pandemic though. They went to run an Indiegogo campaign. And what happened was, is they were like, okay, we need at least $150,000 to really get this off the ground. But no one had ever heard of these guys. And my suggestion was, well, you know what? You guys have prototypes, you have designs, you have blueprints, you have all this stuff put together. Why don't we start a small campaign to get you to one level, right? Then we do two more campaigns, which will put you over what you really need. That way you've built equity, you've shown people growth, You've shown people an accomplishment. And then, so that first, you know, first campaign, let's say you, cause they really couldn't, I understand, they couldn't minimize it. They couldn't go down below really $25,000, $50,000. They really needed to, 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 to manufacture this thing. And I understood that. So I was like, yeah, the first campaign, yeah, let's let's go for the, shoot, aim, aim for the fences, fences, as they say, right? 25,000. Next one, let's do 50. Next one, let's do 50. And that way we'll get a lot closer, right? And then you already have product in the channel 
to get you to where you need to be. Nope, wanted to start off with 150. And that campaign went horribly because no name, they're putting a lot of money into marketing, they're putting a lot of money into promoting, they're putting a lot of money into, they still have to manufacture the product, right? They have to take care of the backers. So no, they didn't get the 150,000 that they were looking for. On the other hand, when we had a campaign for another company, totally different and, and actually a harder area to get into, to sell. These people are trying to make a magazine. Now think about this. This is this was actually in the exact same time frame. We're talking about the exact same two year span uh, for both campaigns. 2015. This is when this all was going down. 2015 to 2017. Trying to create a magazine, an actual physical physical magazine, right? They were doing digital magazine, a physical magazine. Okay. Even though that the, the amount that they needed was substantially less, it wasn't one hundred fifty thousand dollars. They only needed thirty five thousand. They needed thirty five thousand because what they were trying to do with the magazine was actually because they wanted to get all their licensing. They wanted to share content from other content creators. They were actually ahead of the game in sharing content from content creators. You know, at the level that we're seeing now in twenty twenty two, they were trying to do this digitally, digitally and physically, which I thought was a really cool idea, right? And this is how it is. Like if you're if you're thinking so ahead of the game, you're such a first mover. Sometimes the world has to catch up to us, right? And that's one of the that's one of the toughest parts about being a creator and entrepreneur is we're thinking so many years ahead, right? That we're on a whole nother wavelength. But the only problem is, is if you start listening to the world too much to slow down, you get left behind. I hate to say it, I've been there numerous times, right? It just happened to me uh, last year where it was something I was thinking about doing four or five years ago, but I'm like, nah, the world ain't ready for that. The world's not gonna be interested in that. And I said, this is four or five years ago, right? Then boom, last year, this technology gets released. And I'm like, I was thinking about doing this five years ago, but I never went forward with it because I was like, nobody's really interested in that yet. And it's true at that time, no, right? But these guys were smart. They just, they went hard for what they wanted, but here's the best part. They were like, listen, we know content creation, influencer marketing was just really getting around and getting regular. And content creation was really becoming a, a thing to talk about. It was becoming a trendy thing, but more importantly, it was becoming a more profitable thing. When it becomes more profitable on a basic level, on a public level, on a popular level, that's when things, that's when things blow up, right? When we see things blowing up and becoming popular, that's because it's now what we consider the popular, the mainstream level. It's not the niche level anymore. It's the mainstream level, like entrepreneurship. That used to be a very tight niche. It's still somewhat, you know, of a niche, but it's it's a real tight niche. Now it's all over the place. Everybody's an entrepreneur. Even people who really should not be entrepreneurs. And it's just a fact because it's just not in them. It's a, it's, it's, it's a lifestyle, it's a mindset, it's a culture. Not everybody's designed for it. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like some people aren't designed to be good employees. They just don't have it in them to list to be an employee. Maybe a partner, maybe a collaborator, but not an employee. That's a big difference. Right. And, and not every corporate structure looks as employees as partners. Right. Are you a partner? Are you a team member? Are you a collaborator? Are you an employee? That is a different mindset. That is a different mindset. That is a different culture. Whole different episode, too. <laughs> but these guys had the idea like, listen, we want to create a digital and we want to create a physical magazine that focuses on content creators that really promotes their brands. But they were doing it on a, on a small enough scale to where they only needed about thirty five thousand to get it off the ground. But they were unknown. 
And when I say unknown, they were unknown on the level of having a Kickstarter and Indiegogo, right? To where they were going to get people from all around the world to invest in them. So same suggestion. I said, let's start small. Let's do something for 5,000. Let's do something for 10,000. You know, and then when we do a new campaign, we release it differently. You know, we, we come up with a new, we basically break down your ultimate goal into different milestones, right? But different campaigns, they were all for it. And then what happened? They got this thing off the ground. They publish, they blow up. Now they, they which was kind of what we thought was gonna happen. After the first two years, they got rid of the physical magazine and they focused strictly on the digital magazine, right? And because of the fact that they already were listening to the idea of like, maybe we should, maybe we should focus on one aspect, digital or physical, based on the performance once we get it in the channel. And then once we get it in the channel, in other words, once we get it to the marketplace, okay, we show some success, then what can we do? Well, it's easy at that point, we can run another campaign to invest even more into whichever one blows up, which turned out to be the digital version, the digital side of the platform or of the, of the magazine, right? And they were smart about the way they're investing in themselves because they're taking the funds, of course, from this from this campaign, but then they're tripling, doubling down out of their own pockets, whatever else they're scaling back on their businesses, because they all have they have businesses, you know, outside of this, to reinvest in themselves and reinvest in their business, right? Not trying to look successful, they're trying to be successful, and that was their focal point. They were willing to say, hey, we're gonna start off small with a 5,000 campaign, then build into a $10,000 campaign, then build out with that final you know, $25,000 campaign, which means they actually got more than what they were originally looking for. And they actually did. They Every, every time they, they earned more than what their initial goal was. $5,000 campaign came back to 10,000. Literally, we got, they've got over 10,000. 10,000 campaign, they made over 11,000, okay? And with the $25,000 campaign, they actually got to the $35,000 they initially won overall. But that was but that was the whole point was the fact that they showed a track record, right? And they didn't go aiming for the fences the very first time, not, you know, nobody knowing what the heck they did. We have to stop this, 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 this mentality of all or nothing right out the gate. You know, because we have this really weird concept where, and I hate to say it, it happens to, it happens, honestly, I hate to say it, but it happens to urban entrepreneurs more than anybody because it's kind of the way our culture is. Oh, wow, this guy blew up. He came out of nowhere. That means, you know, he, he didn't have, or he or she didn't have years of no one knowing what they did. Or they didn't have years of maybe working three jobs to get something off the ground. No, they did. They, they probably, they probably were doing so much stuff underground right that's why when they get that one that one shot that one opportunity there's hundreds of thousands of people who know about them already because they had a bunch of little odd jobs so they were doing you know a bunch of little side hustles and they were working three or four or five jobs so they built equity with people telling people what they were going to do and then when the opportunity came hey man i'm releasing this 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 new single or i'm producing this movie or maybe i'm buying these properties or i'm buying a property you know, and I'm gonna have some commercial space in it. Do you know anybody networking? Do you know anybody 
who needs a commercial place for maybe they have a barber shop, a beauty shop, maybe they need a convenience store, maybe they need an insurance, uh, maybe they need an office for their insurance business. Maybe they need a space to host different events because they have built so much equity. They started small and just kept building up. That takes time. And that's what being your own investor and really having to finance your own dreams, that's what it does. It takes time. It's not going to be an overnight thing. If you're looking for that, that one shot and you're looking for, you know, where it's going to be right off the bat. I get this one opportunity. Right. And it, it blows up like, like it, it just blows up out of, out of nowhere. I'm an overnight success. Yeah, that rarely happens. Those people were really putting a lot of equity in before they even got to that point. It's just when they got to that point, they were ready to take advantage of that opportunity. So yeah, if you have four or five side hustles, align your side hustles to your ultimate goal. If your ultimate goal, for an instance, let's say it is to have your own magazine, to have your own publication. Maybe your side hustles are doing copywriting on one side, graphic design on the other, right? So you're doing graphic design, you're doing covers, you're doing interiors, you're putting magazines together for other people. So you're learning the business, but you're also learning the technology in the business. You're also learning the skills of the business, right? And we already talked about in the past episode about the value of skills. So now you can train other people. Now you can have apprentice, you can have a mentorship program. You could, you could be a teacher in the field, right? You could create a course in the, in the field, just of graphic design and how to put magazines, how to put publications together. Because I don't care how much I, is out here, Canva, InDesign, all this stuff, it doesn't matter. It still takes a knowledge. It still takes knowledge in, in the game set. Because I can tell you how many people I've seen with, mag, with um, sorry, not magazines, but books that are not formatted correctly, right? And they go to KDP or they go to, you know, they go to Lulu or something like that. And they need to go to a graphic design. And they come right back to us. They come to me and my team. They're like, hey, can you guys format this properly? Because I thought I could do it on my own because I watched a YouTube video. Well, let me tell you something. It's not that easy in some cases. Because what you want is you want a good finished product. So if your ultimate goal is to have a publication and you're like, well, you know what? I know I need some money to build the app, to have the staff. Invest your time correctly. Acquire the skills in the different areas to put it together for yourself or that you can build relationships and get it off the ground. How does this go to being your own investor? Notice when I start off with being, talked about being your own investor, it wasn't just about money and it isn't always about money. Investing the time and investing in the skills, investing in the network, also to finance your goals and to finance your dreams and make it a reality, right? So when you have your various side hustles, right? And you're aligning them to the ultimate goal into a real business, Right. Like I said, one side you have maybe the side hustle is focusing more so on the technology and the hard skills. And the other side, and of course, once again, you're actually earning money from this. Okay. And the other side is maybe it's more so the creative, the talent area. So that's why I said if it's a, if it's a publication, the copywriting, copy editing, right? Technology side, the graphic design. 
understanding how to develop the app, what the app might need, what the website might need. In other words, to go a lot farther because maybe you want to be across platforms, but you want to be specific to one platform. In this case, you're actually learning what your marketplace needs and what your marketplace wants as well. At the same time, building out your network, generating revenue, right? The next step you want to have, and this is why if you are working, it's working, it's, it's basically on the job education. You're also learning the various aspects of what is needed to be successful in this industry. But you're also doing it from an entrepreneurial level. So now you're getting the you're getting the data to place into a business plan. Right? I'm getting away completely from venture capital, getting away from angel investors. I'm even getting away from Kickstarter, Indiegogo, GoFundMe's. I'm getting away from all that. Because it's this it it's this crazy. I mean, everybody wants some people will go the hardest. And I do mean they will go the most difficult, hardest, almost just overcomplicated route just to say that they've been through something, right? When we really don't have to because we all want a story and there's a power in story. We all know, right? There's a marketability in story. So that, so it's not, it's not out of the realm of, you know, the realm of, well, it it makes some sense because we know a story sells. We go to a PR company, we go to a PR team, they're gonna say, what's the story, right? And we've heard on so many different occasions of how people have literally constructed these crazy stories out of nothing because they want something to sell. But here's the sad part about that. It goes right back to what I said earlier. Stop trying to look successful. Stop trying to look like you went through a struggle that you didn't even have to, because you will have a struggle. If you want to create something, you will struggle. If you want something bad enough, there will be some struggle, right? It's just maybe not the sexy, cool struggle that you want to showcase. It's the struggle that you want to kind of, you know, put under wraps. It's the showcase you don't want to tell anybody about. But that means now you're trying to manufacture a story from nothing, which is quite possibly the worst thing you can do because then it's inauthentic. And we've already, we already see what happens to people who aren't authentic. Yeah, they might have a little success here and there, but then again, they, then they also, they really can't enjoy the fruits of what they built and all the, and what's, and they went through all this crap to make this story out of nothing, to make this, this crazy convoluted story, right? So in this case, yeah, we're going the more maybe traditional route, but, but, but you notice there's, there's a, there's still, there's still a wealth of experience and there's a wealth of knowledge and there's a wealth of If you want the struggle, there's a wealth of struggle in here too. Real talk. Because now that you're at this point, you're putting this plan together. You're looking back on all the experiences that you've had and the data that you've collected. The data you've collected from what type of cover sale? What type of, what type of covers do people want the most if it's a magazine? I'm just using that publication as an example, right? But this can go so many different ways. This can go to music. This can go to a restaurant, this can go to a bakery, this can go to a cafe, this can go to insurance, this can go to anything. This could, uh, I hate to say it, but this could even go to MLMs, right? 
Because if you're an MLM person or you're a person looking to invest in an MLM, right, and get, and get involved in one, well, there are some that do fare better than others. Don't, don't let the person with the nicest smile and the best sales pitch get you. Some do a lot better than others for good reason. When I say some do, I mean, there are people who are actually working in MLMs where the majority of people are actually making a living from it. Unlike a lot of MLMs, which as unfortunately we know, a lot of people are just losing money, right? This isn't me going after MLMs and bashing MLMs. It's just being real. The numbers don't lie, but this is my point. Because now when you're collecting that data and you're putting a business plan together, I know what somebody might be saying out there. Hey, if I'm if I'm working with an MLM, why do I need a business plan? Why not? You do know that the majority, not all of them, but the majority of the biggest franchises in the world, and we're talking young brand type of franchises, right? We're talking the Taco Bells, the Burger Kings, we're talking the bigger brands, the bigger franchises, not all of them, not all of them. We can't say all of them, but a lot of them that I have seen, they actually want you to come with a business plan. So if you have to invest that time and money in one of their brands, why not put that time and money into yourself? Or at least that time into yourself. Collect this information as data. What covers sale? What type of sound do the people want? What social media channels are the most successful in that, in, in that field or that industry? Now you stockpile and start putting it into your business plan. And there's two good places to get a lot of valid, commonly used, very helpful business plan advice and templates for free, right? And we have those two links in the description. Number one is on B Plans. Fantastic platform, by the way. Use this for my very first business plan for uh, for the agency. And this was a business plan just to show you how it evolves when I was doing it as a freelancer, strictly as a freelancer, right? Before I even started working with other agencies and, and having team members. The SBA also has a ton of resources for how to draft and start your very first business plan. Don't let hype, I hate to say it is because there's a lot of hype around it and there shouldn't be hype around this, but don't let the world influence you in the fact of saying that you don't need a business plan to start a business. You don't need a business plan to start a business. That's a fact. You don't. You do not need a business plan to start a business. And I'll tell you right now, it's the same way in many other things. You don't necessarily need insurance, right? <laughs> if you you're driving a car, you don't need insurance. Doesn't mean when you get pulled over, they're not going to ask for insurance. It doesn't mean that driving around without insurance isn't illegal. It just means you don't need insurance to drive a car because technically you don't. Technically you don't. But is it the smartest thing to do? No. Because at the end of the day, you're now putting yourself in so many potential issues from tickets to being arrested to if you get an accident, who's going to cover it? You're paying it all out of pocket. The business plan is better than even the insurance. You know why? Because you're not just wasting money. You're not wasting your time if you don't have a business plan. You have no course of action. You're waking up every morning, oh, I'm gonna try to do it this way. You're waking up that morning, I'm gonna try to do it that way. I'm thinking, I'm gonna test, I'm gonna test this out, I'm gonna test that out. Yeah, you could test things out, but 
Where are you measuring what's working and what's not? And if you tell me, oh, well, I write it down and I, I keep track of it. Well, you, you now you just have step in the business plan. You might as well just do the whole thing. Because if you're writing down, if you're if you're tracking, if you're if you are actually looking into what works and what doesn't work, why not just have the business plan? That way you can confirm what does work, what doesn't work. Based on what? My mission. Based on what? Based on my initial initial plan. <laughs> right? So there's no reason. If it's money. We've eliminated that. Eliminate that right off the bat. Let's eliminate that right off the bat. If it's money. You get free business plan templates. Multiple templates. Share them in past episode. Templates based on your target audience. The best thing about B plans. They have templates based on your very specific plans based on your type of business. And the software itself, if you actually do want to, you know, go take it a little farther and utilize the platform, I can tell you it will save you time and money right off the bat. So the best place to start when you start investing yourselves is immediately give yourself that opportunity to work on the job. Put yourself either in apprenticeships, side hustles, Hustle or hey, full fledged, you know, full fledged smaller venture, if you will, right? Within the industry you really want to invest in. Try to understand the different lanes of the field from the technology, from the logistics and the infrastructure, and how to set up the company. Right? A lot of people jump into businesses. They're like, man, I, I can't tell you enough until I actually sat down and talked to a, a barber who had a very successful barbershop. I had to ask, I'm like, really? I know this might sound crazy. How is it that there are some very successful barbers and some very and some super struggling barbers? And I'll never forget one of the simple things he said to me was, was absolutely perfect. He's like, some barbers think, oh, if I build this place, open the doors, it's just gonna happen. They don't think, oh, I gotta make phone calls, I gotta build a book of regular business. I have to bring in barbers who have a following or I have to bring in barbers who are about building a following. They think, oh, I just build this place, get a couple chairs, people gonna come in and I can start cutting heads and that's how much it is and that's how it's gonna work. And that $20, that $40 a head is gonna pay. Yeah, cause I'm like, rent ain't cheap. <laughs> He's like, I'm not cutting heads. I'm over here making sure my guys keep their chairs open. Or I'm sorry, keep their chairs filled. In other words, you know, keep their chairs uh, filled with 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 customers. It's a new day. He's like, yeah, posting on social media, utilizing different apps to keep you know keep the reviews up. You know, even even beyond that, just the basics of making sure to connect with the locals, that people know, hey, that this barbershop is here. It ain't going nowhere. But you can come here. Get a professional, really good haircut, look good, look great going to work, look good, look great going out, you know, with your friends and family. Building building relationships with families, networking, right? He went into, I mean, he went deep into, this is why a lot of barbers fail because they think, oh, I just opened up that door, had that chair, people gonna come in and it's gonna be good. And it's not, it's not that way. 
So, like I said, you can either start, and I think this is the best route, but traditionally, traditionally, a lot of times what it is is that people start at a very small level and work their way up in an industry to get a real, an understanding of how it works. That's traditionally what it has. My preferred method is I find a smaller, less invest, uh, uh, let's say an area that requires less of an investment to still be an entrepreneur in the field. This is, of course, based on you studying that field. So like I said, if it's publication, just using it as a reference, getting an understanding of the graphics of it, getting an understanding of technology behind it, getting an understanding of the distribution, the wholesale, the supply chain, the logistics of the publication business, right? The creative and the talent area, the copywriting, the copy editing, you know, successful marketing for that industry. Finding different, small, lesser investment, lesser investment lanes to get into in those areas to bring in revenue and to take that revenue, take that knowledge, put it into your business plan. But now you have a small stockpile of funds to work from to get your own venture off the ground. You're becoming your own investor. Now, when we come back, what we'll go over are the key areas to find money to invest in yourself and invest in your dreams. Because that's where a lot of people fall off and thinking that, hey, yeah, you know, I can have a couple lanes, I can have a couple side hustles, but why is the money not, not stacking up? Why is the money constantly going out the door? And it's because they typically are missing these key areas to find money. The funniest part about it is, the same thing we're going to go over here in, in investing in your business is the same thing you could take to your personal investing when we come back. All right, everybody, welcome back. Now let's talk about you finding the funds to invest in your business, finding the funds to invest in your ultimate goal. Because originally we talked about different streams of income and how to utilize that, how to build into you know, the business plan, the financial plan. Don't forget to use those two links that are in the description of this episode to find business plan templates, but also help on how to create your business plan, how to develop that business plan, and how to develop a financial plan for your, for your small business or your entrepreneurial venture. But the money that's getting left on the table, the money that's getting bypassed, the money that's getting missed, right? And the craziest part is a financial advisor told me this years ago and they were 100% right when I really took a look at my own personal finances. The easiest and actually the fastest way to increase the amount of money you have to invest in yourself, now I didn't say your business, I said yourself in anything, is the most obvious thing, which is just stop spending money in the wrong areas. You'll have more money to invest in the right things. So you actually increase the amount of your investment by just decreasing your expenses. Very obvious, as I will admit, I've often said, common sense is not that common. And we all have our moments. And that was my moment. When I looked at how much I used to spend, and this is just where it starts. Oh, it's a rabbit hole. People, it's a rabbit hole. Oh, dude, it's a rabbit hole. Okay, it's like Alice in Wonderland rabbit hole. You're, you're gonna end up on a whole other universe, okay? 
Man Hatter just gonna be looking at you shaking his head. And he won't look like Johnny Depp. That's a whole nother thing. Sorry about that bad joke. When I looked at how much I used to spend on lunch, lunch at work. Now, this isn't my last job. This is when I spoke to a financial advisor. I had a complimentary, which is so cool. Like This is what people don't take advantage of. When, when we work for big companies, and sometimes people don't take advantage of these things. There's a lot of benefits you don't take advantage of. I'm not talking about benefits. You know, when people think benefits are like 401k, vacation. There's a lot of other benefits we don't look at. You know, I've had benefits from like, oh, you can have a free, you know, yoga session. You can talk to a psychiatrist, a psychiatrist, not psychiatrist, sorry, psychologist. <laughs> not psychiatrist, a psychologist. You know, you can have a, a, a wellness coach, things like that, that people don't know. Like they go to the company's websites. They don't even notice that they have all this stuff as employees. So if you are a full-time employee, first off, not knocking, you a full-time employee, you getting that, you know, you getting that W-2, you got, this is your, your main source of income, which is understandable. Now you're just trying to build out and, and develop a second or third um, uh, form for regular steady form of, of, of income. Good, good. That's what you should do. Because if you got a job that you enjoy, you got a job that's putting food on the table, you got a job that you actually may love. This is not the place you're gonna hear me talk about, oh, you working nine to five, you, you, you're a fool. No, it's your life. That's the whole point, your life. You live the life you want to, you live the life you live. The whole purpose of this platform is for you to, to get access or to find out about resources to help you live your life, the goals that you want to achieve. That sometimes, sometimes we aren't constantly being shared that sometimes it's only been, you know, with a select few people that get to know about these things or just the things that I've, I've learned over the years in entrepreneurial ventures for me to share with the world and share with, with those who are just as ambitious as myself. So if somebody's saying, hey man, you got that nine to five, you need to leave and start your own stuff. You need to first off, check them be like, hey, where are you in life? <laughs> where are you in life? Are you where you want to be? If you where you are, where you want to be good, you don't have to worry about where I am. Right. Because maybe I like my nine to five, but I know I don't want to just earn money nine to five. Right. I don't I don't just want to do that. Oh I, oh, I have a passion that I want to earn a living from as well. And I can. All right. Didn't mean to go off on that side tangent too much, but I just hear that a lot. And it's really annoying. I've heard it a lot very recently. And it, just, it doesn't make any sense, especially the fact that the the most efficient, actually, the most efficient way for you to have a very good lifestyle right and or it's just a lifestyle that most people want is to have multiple streams of income so right off the bat that throws the other things out the window but anyway getting back to it past job one of my first real jobs out of college like i always talk about the real job out of college they had all those, these benefits and stuff and one of the benefits was you could sit down with a financial advisor this guy broke it down like a fraction and what he said made so much sense. I thought about the job I had in high school and I thought about the jobs I had in college. I'm like, dang, I used to always say, man, my money low, my money limited, my money low, what the heck is going on? And then I had to look at it like, yeah, I was living beyond my means and the biggest, the biggest expense was, it wasn't rent, it wasn't credit card bills, it wasn't cars, it wasn't nothing like that. The biggest freaking expense was I kept going out to lunch. I didn't make lunch for nothing. Even though I had food in the house, I didn't make lunch for nothing. Every lunch was me going out. Every lunch. Growth by subtraction is the best start. And you can do this immediately. You do this before the first of the month. You do this before the 15th of the month. Literally do it right now. Whatever the date is, do it right now. 
growth by subtraction. Here's the sad part. Most people, they don't know where to start with growth by subtraction because they don't even keep a track of their, their, their expenses. But even if it's not in one centralized location, go to your credit card statements, go to your bank statements, go to your checking account, savings account, whatever it may be, and check off, okay, Subway, McDonald's, Taco Bell, Chipotle, Chick-fil-A, Hardee's, whatever it is, you start, start looking at this list and I know which one's going, hey y'all, y'all know me, if you see me on social media, Lord, you know, you know, if you look at my Instagram, you know, oh, you know, you know, what's going to probably be on my list. I love the Dunkin', the Starbucks, the Juan Valdez, I love my caffeine, <laughs> okay, I can make coffee at home, I'm actually really good at making coffee. Coffee recipes, coffee blogs, it's coffee everything under the sun. I go to cafes, I love cafes, I love local cafes, right? But I also keep it in mind that if I look at that as a like like a slight luxury, I look at it a little bit differently. I budget for it, and more importantly, when I budget for it, I say, "Whoa, that's that fifty bucks, that's that twenty five dollars, that's that thirty five dollars, that whatever the budget may be, that I could be spending on." business that I could be investing in myself that I could be buying more stock that I could be put putting towards you know buying a piece of real estate you look at it differently and then you can say you know what what's more important because here's my goal this is why that plan from the very beginning from the last segment we just talked about is so important because if my goal in the next five years is to get a piece of real estate and then I look over just the last year alone if I look at that just take one account let's look take on my Starbucks purchases I did this with a client whose goal was specifically a new website, right? Like, like a, a lot of the stuff you guys are going to hear, you, you won't hear agency owners talk about it. You won't hear freelancer owners, right? Because this is just, I believe investing in people and, and taking the time to help people. I know I don't, I'm going to get that back. I don't, you know, it's not about that, but I know it, it's an investment within itself because it helps me grow as a person. They wanted to invest in this website and they were like, hey, you know what? I ain't got the kind of money to do this for my business. I said, how many times, and this, this was a business owner, like they, they're actually a CEO, they have employees. How many times do you, not, not your employees, not how much do you order for catering, stuff? how many times do you yourself go out for coffee? I said, why don't you look at something? Because I knew what it was. I knew it was hot based on the conversations we had had. Right, we'd done that social media work. We'd done a few other things. Like, nah, I don't want a new website. But it's like, man, it's... Every conversation, every time we something new, oh, that's gonna be an, that's gonna be an expense. That's gonna be an investment. That's gonna be an expense. We looked over two years. Well, I should say, she looked over two years. I didn't go into her account or nothing, but she looked over two years. And I can tell you right now, the price because we had gone over everything, the quote, the RFP, everything, the proposal, the the amount that she had spent on Starbucks in two years was twice the amount of the website that we needed, that we were gonna build for. Her two years so she technically could have gotten the website twice in two years now of course yes that is over two years we're talking over 24 months and she would have had to pay uh you know for the website within a much shorter amount of time but that shows you that if she had just been saving or investing in her business hey you know what this is my goal and i say that because the very beginning i brought a business plans she never had a business plan so one day she just says oh i need a website she contacts us because we did social media work for her she's seen the websites we had done she reaches out she had never thought about planning for a website never investing but this was too much to invest in 
even though it's just something she knew immediately she needed. She's like, our website is old. It's it's compared to the social media work we were doing. And we were sending people, I hate to say it, we were sending people to a pretty crappy website. And luckily we had that con we could have that conversation. And that's what I was really upset about because I'm like, man, you know, you could potentially be losing sales based on this alone. Drop a couple of links in there, a couple of pixels to test. Sure enough, we see where people are falling off in this the two two critical area, the crew, two critical areas that I know people are losing out on. That she's losing out on business. In a short amount of time, she stops going to Starbucks regularly. She stops going out for lunches regularly. Right? And I know this is not out of the norm. How many of you guys out there? Let's just be real. How many, how many of us? Let me not point my finger. Let's just let's, let's just be real. How many of us have actually spent 30 bucks on a lunch for one person? 20 bucks on a lunch for one person. If you do that, think about it this way. You do that just once a week. Not every day, once a week. $20, once a week. That's 52 weeks in a year. Made you think for a second. 20 times 52. Oh, but I can't afford Apple stock. Or I can't afford Nike stock or I can't afford to put more money in my 401k or I can't afford to put money in my Roth IRA. I can't afford to put money in my savings account. I can't afford that new website I needed for my business. I can't afford to purchase this new truck or new piece of equipment for this business I want to start. I can't afford to take that course but I can afford $20 once a week, every week for a year on a lunch that I probably, if I bought the ingredients for $20, I probably bought enough to take care of that lunch for two weeks or different types of lunch or various lunch. It's actually most likely healthier. It's actually most likely, most likely gonna help me with my fitness goals, my health goals, my everything. You see, but you had no plan in place. So you weren't tracking it. So when you look back, hindsight is 2020. Growth by subtraction. It's gonna be this this is kind of the little test for yourself. First off, write down what is the goal. Something very small. And I mean something small. New website, business cards. I mean something small. Real small. I I did this with another client because I saw him going on the same path she did. So what I threw at him is I said, let's do this real small. What did you want for your business? And he he had some real lofty stuff. I said, no, 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 I mean small. I'm talking about like, I need Adobe Creative Cloud for a year. I can't afford that. All the stuff you say you can't afford, right? I literally got that, that, that minimal. And it was something like that. We actually, it was actually a social media uh, platform, Hootsuite. We wanted to get the social media platform, Hootsuite for a year. Um, I said Adobe because of course I'm oh man, you go to Adobe or graphic design or something, but he needed Hootsuite. Cool. He needed Hootsuite for a year for three people. Now, now that can get expensive. I said, that's perfect. That's actually something because the best part about something like that is that's you connecting with your audience. You, you now have a clear measurement too of how important that is. Cool. That's what we're going to do. How much does it cost? Wrote down the amount. I want you to do the same thing. What is it? Is it a license? Is it a platform? Is it a technology? Is it a computer? Is it a website? Write it down right now. Right now, write it down. What is it that you need, that you need for your business that you keep saying you can't afford? I mean, seriously, if it's just the business card, 
cards, if it's flyers, if it's a poster, if it's Facebook ads, if it's a website, write that one thing down. Don't say, oh, I need marketing. Marketing is too general. Get specific. Write that Shinto down right now. <laughs> write that, write that, write that right now. Right now, write down. I don't care how you, I don't care how cliche is going to sound. Write now, write down. Okay. Now, ballpark the number. I would rather you get very specific, but I know a lot of times we don't have that specifically in our head. Ballpark that freaking number right now. If you think the the, the business card is going to be 200 bucks, say 300. If you think the, the, the technology you need is going to be, you know, 500, say, I'll be real with you, say 750. If you think the laptop is going to be 1500, say 2000. Always go a little over, okay? If you're going to ballpark Write it down. Right now. I'm giving you time. I wasn't, I didn't walk away. I'm giving you time. I'll wait. I'm patient. Okay. So, I snapped. I'm sorry, I always do that. You know that. With that, this is the big one. This is the scary one. Go to every credit card. Go to all your checking accounts. Bank accounts. And I want you to find your fast food, your eating out, entertainment, streaming services, all that stuff. And don't you dare say this podcast is one of them. <laughs> because for one, this podcast is free. <laughs> okay. So start adding up just for two years. Add up. How much you spend? You know what? Actually, not two years. Dude, dude, dude. Let's stop that. One year. For one year, add up those expenses. Eating out. Cups of coffee. Cups of tea. Protein shakes. Oh, yeah. I'm getting there. I'm going there. Because let me tell you right now. Aaron stockpiles his protein. I keep a steady stream of, I don't know why I said stockpile, I keep a steady stream of protein, okay? But see, if I buy, I'm just giving you an example, if I buy protein, if I buy like the protein powders, that's because I know for a fact, I'm not gonna buy a lot of food. So I'm actually using them as meal replacements. So it just replaces my groceries. I'm not better than you. I'm not smarter. I'm not saying this to make you feel bad. I'm saying this to give you a, a strategy. Okay. So for example, if I don't go out for coffee and I love coffee, we all know this. If you follow me, you know this. In my groceries, my grocery bill, my grocery expenses, I have coffee for the house. If I don't put that in the groceries, I offset that and say, nope, then I'm going to go out for the coffee, but it's going to be the same amount or it's going to be budgeted. See, it's not that you have to eliminate necessarily just strictly. It's also about budgeting. It's the growth by subtraction, right? I'm gonna give myself more money into one thing by reducing the expenses in the other. So over that year, we're gonna look at how much have you spent on the fast food? How much have you spent on the entertainment? How much you spent on the, the streaming services, all that stuff. And then you take a, a really hard look and you look at it. And I can tell you, now I know this portion might take a little longer, right? It was easy enough for you to write down the number, but this is what you're, this is what you're gonna do because the next episode, or oh, I'm going to follow up with you guys on this one. 
Not next episode, but I'm gonna follow up with you guys on this one. I wanna see that ballpark number in comparison to the factual number that you spent on that other area. Combination of eating out, not groceries, eating out, and entertainment. And I can guarantee the, that gro the, the eating out alone is gonna be expensive, but the entertainment and the eating out is gonna be, potentially be three to four times what you needed. So for you to say that you don't have the money, no, you have the money, you're just using it in another area because you didn't plan for it. So then flip it around. What am I gonna eliminate this month, this year, this week, whatever it may be to get to that point? Because sometimes it could just simply be, if I don't do this for, for three weeks, if I don't do this for one month, if I don't do this, if I don't do it for three months, I could probably take care of what, what I really want to get. I've seen it. I've done it myself. Okay. So that's going to be the follow-up. I'll put this on our social platform. I'll put this on social media, you know, that this is a challenge for you guys. And we're going to come back to it. And I want to see where we are. Outline those current expenses. Everything you spend your money on. In general. Start building out that financial plan. List all of your current sources of your income and the places where your money is coming in. Because that's sometimes we just don't know where the money is going. And it's so easy, especially, especially if we're using credit cards and debit cards. And now we're using tap, you know, just tapping, you know, Google Pay, Apple Pay, Samsung Pay. You're not even thinking about it. Which is even faster for you to spend the money and, or just be real, waste the money. Okay. Now you have a clear understanding of what your expenses look like, clear understanding of what your, uh, what your, what your income looks like. And now you want to build a startup budget because that's what you really need to do is build up a startup budget. Okay. Cause that's an element within any business plan is a budget and financial projections and goals. Take an inventory of what is not needed in those expenses. And if you don't know what one looks like, there's a link in the description of what a startup budget looks like. And that's going to be one of your takeaways for today is a startup budget and an example and a template for you to start building out that startup budget. With that, when we come back, our takeaways and our book of the episode, I'm going to go over a few of, of uh, tips on how to use those takeaways to get you on the right financial path to invest in your goals and invest in your dreams and become your own investor. And one of the simplest and fastest ways is quite possibly so easy to do, it's going to be scary. It's going to be scary how easy you get this done. And it's great that this episode, we're in the, still in the beginning stages of the year. You know, we're, we're, we're already going. The year's going fast. But the best thing about this, you can start this at any point in time of the year. It's going to get a little bit more, you know, it's going to get a little more challenging as you go through the year. But if you start right away. The sooner you start, you'll see the fruit of the labor by the end of the year. And if you do this, the tip I'm going to give you, if you do this five years consecutively, it's scary how much money you will have. Right. And you notice I'm not talking about money to put in towards uh, research and development, marketing, website, app, whatever. It is. I'm not talking about a specific place. The point is now you have stockpile funds to where you're not going out there knocking on doors trying to you know dance for an investor you're your own investor you're keeping the money you're keeping the power in your hands oh my god i just almost said the dangling captain planet 
the power is yours. If someone tries to sue me over that, I'm gonna really have a problem with that. Because that's nostalgia, that's part of the lexicon. We were all there. Captain Planet was the bomb. My geekdom is coming out, so I gotta suppress that for a minute. When we come back, we're gonna take ways <laughs> in the book of the episode. All right, everybody, welcome back. So now let's get to the takeaways of this episode. So normally we go over the book first, we go to the takeaways, but the takeaways are so vital into what we just explained and what we just went over that I do not want you guys to lose sight of those because the book we're gonna get into is a lot more, um, it's very in-depth, very helpful. But the more we talk about, or the more we go over each takeaway, then you can see how to utilize the book. Because like I said, I'm not suggesting any books for you just to read and have fun with. Uh, for you to read and you know it's it's academic you know don't get me wrong there are some academic books technically we can get into but every single text book that i rep that i recommend is based on three things right and this is why i say it should come after these takeaways number one it's a book that i've read it's a book that has been suggested by either one mentor multiple mentors or um, uh, individuals that I just you know have a great deal of respect for their um, for their knowledge in a specific area of business, entrepreneurship, personal development. So that's a key point. But most importantly, these are books that you can immediately apply what is being discussed, what is being examined, what is being analyzed. It's not for academic thought and just you know banter and talk and chit chat to make yourself feel smarter no it has nothing to do with that i can't stand that stuff i can't say when somebody can't stand it when people say oh i read this book and it's like okay what did you learn mm. how did you apply it mm. can you apply it more importantly can you apply it mm -hmm. no i don't want a bunch of theory okay we're living in the real world we need application so the takeaways and this will show you how to use the, utilize the book. As stated, a couple examples of a startup budget. Now, the cool part about a startup budget, okay, this is the cool part from my experience with startup budgets when I was first exposed to it, how they kind of slightly differ from what you would see from a company that's ongoing operations. It, it's, it's all about bare bones. It's all about really basic stuff. What are you spending? What do you need to earn? How much you're saving? Financial statements typically are not overcomplicated, right? From my, from my experience, from what I've seen. Balance sheet, you know, statement of retained earnings. They can be very straightforward. It's like anything else. If you don't know what you're looking for, you don't know how to read it, you don't know how to set it up, then you're lost. A startup budget is designed to be bare bones, easy to read, easy to understand, very straightforward. And we've created two templates for you. In Excel and Google Sheets, we've created two templates for you for free. All you have to do is throw in your numbers. All you have to do is throw in your information. But I took it a couple steps farther to where you can use it for just your basic personal finances. But when you get that company started, you can use the exact same documentation. You can send this stuff to your accountant and it's it's your, it's, it's your balance sheet. It's your income statement. It's right there for you. Right there for you. Okay, because this is the biggest challenge that a lot of people have is just tracking their money. 
Like I said, take it from your personal and then just transition immediately to your business and you are good to go. Download this thing right now. Don't hesitate. Just start using it. I don't care if it's January. I don't care if it's February. I don't care if it's March. If it's April, it's May, it's June, July. Immediately start using it. Because it's only as good as it's being used like any other tool that we create. It's only as good as, a tool, as, as you know, being used. If you're not using it, what's the point? Don't come to me and say, oh, it's not a good tool. Don't come to me and say it's not a good uh, uh, income statement, balance sheet, whatever it is. And you haven't even touched the thing. Because I'm going to ask you, okay, send me your document. I want to see it. Because like I said, the perfect thing about the way I've set it up is because I use this one. I use this one as a personal right financial tracker and then i noticed every time i kept coming across start a budget start a balance sheet start a budget start a you know financial document i'm like well you know what we could just tweak it a little bit and you could transition to where okay if a person is coming from their nine to five and then going over okay and now i'm about to start my entrepreneurial venture it has all of the sheets there for you to get that kicked off get it kicked off and, and don't and don't even don't even worry about it it's it's I'm not going to say, you know, I, 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 I knew exactly everything to do right from the jump. I had to learn. I had to, you know, have uh, my setbacks. But this is the outcome of a person, a business owner, and I've shared this with others, that has learned from their mistakes, that has learned how to better track their finances, has learned how to better track their business finances too. Okay. Trial and error. Accountants like it. Financial advisors like it. And if they like it, then I'm good with it. <laughs> if I'm confident enough to take this to a bank, right, to work on a line of credit, and they're looking at, I need to see if, I, oh, okay. That's my point. That's the way this thing is set up. It's set up for you to do just that. You don't need to go out and make something else from scratch taking a lot of that out of the way for you that way you can just get started and start tracking your funds and where your money's going next takeaway for you so download that start working on it right away the next place now i mentioned two areas to find business plans and business plan templates if you need help with setting up those business plans. If you need help with how to understand not just the basis of what should go in your business plan, but how it should be, you know, uh, presented, how it should be designed, formatted based on your audience. We've gone over that in past episodes, but one of the places that I actually got a lot of help with that, because as I brought up before, SBA has some great, out, um, has some great um, outlets, but score.org I cannot I cannot and I will say it one more again I cannot recommend this place enough the school or score.org link is in the description not only mentorship webinars seminars presentations so many resources that I feel from what I've seen are completely underutilized go the link is in the description. You have a goal. You want to start a business. You have a business that you want to grow. You have a business that is struggling and you need help. 
You have a business that you want to get out of. Doesn't matter. All those stages, all those areas. They have experienced people. I've spoken to these people. Make you think. You have to bounce these ideas off of people who've been there, done that. People who see it from a different angle. Go. Score.org. The link is in the description. Go. Those are your takeaways for this episode. Now, that budget, that startup budget, those financial documents, immediately you can apply the book or at least the, the, the principles and a lot of the studies in the book for the book of the day, or the book of this episode, and understand why the structure of that expense, uh, sorry, that's a startup budget and that expense tracker is set up the way it is. The book of the episode is The Millionaire Next Door by Thomas J. Stanley and William D. Danko. Now, there's a lot of people in the world, especially in the, the worlds of uh, the entrepreneurial, I don't want to say niche, but it is a niche, if you will, right? That often reference Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um, you know, Andrew Carnegie, Napoleon Hill. And the funniest thing about it, I hear about this book the most. The Millionaire Next Door. I hear about this book a lot more when it comes to people who, which is just to keep this in mind now, that I am an entrepreneur. I love my people, all my people. I'm about to finish a DMX quote. <laughs> um, but factually, entrepreneurs are not the best when it comes to money management. <laughs> okay. This book which a lot of people who are very good with money management is typically quoted or brought up by people who are, well, employees, full-time employees and have a side business, but they, their main source of income is their, their, their you know, their 401k, 9 to 5, I want to call it W-2 as a lot of people have the W-2 job, but they know how to manage their money. Because the book is not about being an entrepreneur. The book is simply about the millionaire next door. There's a lot of millionaires next door. There's a lot of them that you don't even know about. Millionaires based on asset, cash, or both. Because of the way they manage their funds. And the biggest, in the, or I shouldn't say the biggest, the easiest and the most talked about and the most constantly brought up regularly consistently okay brought up where did they're doing this is because they're simply just tracking where their money is being spent and they're not living beyond their means which is what that budget is for because what you're thinking i, I can imagine one person's thinking well are we talking about personal finance we're talking about business it's the same it's the same if i have more debt than I am bringing in for my business, there's a problem. If I have more money going out the window than I am earning for my job, 
there's a problem. It's the same thing. The easiest way to see this is first to track it and then growth by subtraction. The millionaire next door identifies seven common, very basic traits that show again and again how those who first gain and acquired wealth keep accumulating that wealth. Stay rich. Train others within their circle to be rich. And ensure that, hey, what's that buzzword everyone keeps talking about? That keeps th been thrown around for the past two years especially? That generational wealth stuff? Well, if you're if you if you are born into a family of dukes and earls or, you know, people who are already millionaires, yeah, it might be a little easier. But this is why I talk about people who go the hardest route just to have a story. They go the hardest path just to make a story. When it simply could have been, well, you know, I just saved. I have twenty thousand saved up now after the past four or five years, and now I just bought my first property. I put money into that property. Built some equity into it, bought two more properties. I wasn't going around trying to flip properties, trying to flip houses and make money. No. After 30 years, now I have a nice portfolio that I can pass down, that I can utilize and build more, that I'm renting out and constantly making money off of, that I'm leasing out and constantly making money off of. And I'm selling one, keeping five, stuff like that. See, that's not sexy. That's not, that's not step, crackle, pop. That's not all that. You know what I'm saying? That's not, that's not that thing that just makes you, man, look at this money making, this dude making moves. See, we, we're focused so much on looking a certain way and, and, and it's got to feel a certain way. But I can tell you right now, although it might not be as exciting, I can imagine the way Warren Buffett became a million, a billionaire. Sorry, not a millionaire. No disrespect. No disrespect. No shade. No shade. The way Warren Warren Buffett became a billionaire is nowhere near as exciting as as, as venturous and and crazy, if you will, in some cases as a, a Jay Z. But I can tell you right now, he's just as happy being a billionaire. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, if he ever wants to look at a bank account. He's looking at hundreds of millions of dollars without a problem. Whenever he wants to look at investment accounts, he's looking at a lot of funds and he's perfectly fine. And see, that's that's I'm using that example of, of billionaires, but it didn't even have to be that way. Just comfortable. Just comfortable. Just simply comfortable. You don't need to be a financial planner. You don't need to be an accountant student. You don't have to be a, a person who wants to, you know, one day go for the series six, CPA, anything like that. To get the most out of this book, it's a really easy read, but most important, it's also a motivational read. And, and motivation means nothing to me without discipline to implement. But this at least gets you pumped and going. Now you gotta implement it. And you have a great takeaway to do that right off the bat because of your friendly neighborhood ambition show podcast. 
There's a link in the description to check out The Millionaire Next Door. Audiobook and the paperback. If you're traveling to work, that audiobook comes into handy, believe me. If you are just sitting down, at your, you know, you could, you could take a couple hours every day, you could, you could take a couple 30 minutes every day, whatever it may be. Sit down, cup of tea, cup of coffee, cup of whatever it is. And read that paperback, read that paperback, but immediately start applying it. I love the thing about audiobooks, especially the audiobooks like this, is that if I have a template, which we do, we have the tool, right? The budget, you can immediately go over and start just jumping online, right? And start applying what, what, you, what you should be learning from it, which is freaking awesome, which is freaking awesome. So with that, with that, the links in the description for you to utilize, business plan templates, business plan help, help to find mentors, all in there from BP plans, SBA.gov, score.org. Those are in there. Also, also, okay, you have a link exclusively for the people who are listening to the podcast, right? To get go to the website, download that template. You got you got two versions there. To immediately start use, utilizing, like I said, get a feel for that template. It's a personal expense template. It's a personal expense tracker. But then you can start immediately using it for your business. Use that. There's a there's a great tab in that spreadsheet for all your business details and for business information. All this information that's going to be needed for when you start going for business credit, when you go for loans, when you go for lines of credit, all of it's going to be in there for you. And check out the Millionaire Next Door. Like I said, I prefer the audiobook because when I'm working on a template like this, it makes it a lot easier to have the audiobook playing and you're walking it through, you know, you're walking through the template. But then again, if you don't, you know, if you want to get that paperback, go keep it real, keep it, you know, something tangible, something nice on the shelf. Uh, if you ever get a look at my office, you know, when we do the video podcast episodes, you see I always swapping out books because I always have different books that I'm reading. You know, I try to read, I, try, I used to try to do a book a week. And the problem with that is, is that just that. I like to retain the information. I like to really absorb the information, right? So I'll read a book a month, and but basically I'm reading that book like three or four times in a month. That way I'm really absorbing that information because like I said, I like to apply it. If I can apply it, unless it's a, unless it's a read where it's just like an entertainment read, then I like to apply it. So with that being said, you've got the book of the episode, Millionaire Next Door. Cannot recommend that enough. Um, in fact, I haven't read that book in a couple of months, I think I'll go back. I, I know I have a couple books on my own. I actually have a wish list right now. Um, and actually, I might even share my wish list. Let me know, guys. Let me know in the comments. Um, let me know in the comments if you want to see my wish list. If you want to see my book, my book wish list um, on Amazon, I'll be happy to share that out if anybody is interested. In, and so, just drop a comment. And let me know what you think. Um, drop a comment on our uh, on our Podbean feed or on our website in the in the uh, comment section i would love to know if you guys are interested in that so with that being your own investor right um this is not a one-time topic like there's, there's a couple other things i want to share with you guys but i think that's more fitting for our youtube channel check our youtube channel the ambition show on youtube and i'll make a couple of uh specific one shots just for other ways to be your own investor and invest in your own goals because there's some really cool tools that we've come up with that I want to share with you guys and I'll release them there. So with that, guys, thank you for joining us for the Ambition Show podcast. I've been your host, Aaron Muhammad. This is the episode, Be Your Own Investor. You guys do not need to rely 
or need to wait around for somebody else to be that angel investor, to be get that rich uncle, go to go to a venture capitalist. If that's your goal at one point, venture capitalism um, and, and angel investors, crowdfunding, that's great. But I can tell you right now from experience, crowdfunding, if you haven't invested in yourself, people are going to wonder, well, wait, you're just waiting for me to start doing it? Venture capitalists, you got to have a great deal of something coming to the table. They're not just looking for you to come in there with an idea off the top of your head and something. You don't even have that business plan going. Well, now you got the opportunity to get the business plan going. You don't have a startup budget or what it's potentially going to cost to get you off the ground. Now you can even have that, right? Always put yourself in a position to win. That is, that is the goal that you should have in mind immediately. Let me put myself in a position to win. Then boom, what's the next step? What's the next milestone? So, thank you for joining us for the Ambition Show. The next episode, ooh, it's a doozy. Ooh, it's it's it's, it's a touchy subject. It's 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 gonna hit you where it hurts. It's gonna talk about your family. It's gonna talk about your friends. But believe me, we all need to have this conversation. We all need to have this conversation. So, see you in the next episode of the Ambition Show. I'm your host, Aaron Muhammad. Peace. Have a good one, y'all.